Hey guys, welcome back to the New Hustlers podcast, a spot dedicated to the higher levels of personal development. I'm your host, Jaden Vu. Now, being a coach to people has reminded me how much pain and suffering there is out there in the world, and it breaks my heart to see others go through it. So I want to leave you with this message in hopes of saving you or influence you to do better. All right, guys, I'm super excited for this episode today because today I'm joined by a guest. So before I dive right into it and introduce that individual, I want to say that you've been listening for a while now. You know that I do not charge anything for this podcast. I do not run ads or ever plan to. However, there's one small fee I ask of you, which is if you find any value from my episodes, small or big, share with a few of your friends that you know you believe can benefit from listening. That's all I ask for. That way, I know my message can touch a few more people and hopefully make a smaller, big impact in their lives to do better. With that being said, let's get into it. Joining me today is someone who was born in Vietnam but raised in the Netherlands. Creatively driven at a very young age, my guest found himself enrolling into the actress program at a youth theater. From there, this inspired him to pursue acting at a much bigger scale. He has been acting professionally for about 10 years now. Now, if you do not know anything about being an actor or how the film industry works, let me tell you wholeheartedly that the grind is no joke. Having spent a portion of my life pursuing acting, it does take a huge toll on you with the long hours you put in, the many rejections you must endure, and the sheer grit and patience that is needed to succeed in the industry. So I can say 100% with confidence that this individual is an expert when it comes to perseverance and developing self-confidence. So during those 10 years, the first sign of success happened in 2008, in which he secured a big role in a Dutch film acting alongside a famous Dutch actor, then followed a guest starring role in a super popular Netherlands TV series. You listening for a while, you know that with any success along the way comes the challenges and struggles, which is very true in this case. The biggest challenge any actor faces, I believe, is not ultimately the rejections along the way or the financial starvation, but it's not to lose sight of purpose because deep down, true failure is not ever landing that big break or becoming a household name, but it's to give up on the very reason why you started the journey in the first place. So being no stranger to the struggles that are guaranteed in life, I introduce to you my guest, Jason Gwen. Wow, that's an amazing uh, introduction. No, I'm, I'm super, super uh, excited to have you on board for sure, because it's been what, like four, five years? Four years, yeah. Four years. I left the last trip and I told my sisters, because they, they, Lynn has a restaurant, you know, right? One of my sisters, uh, Vietnamese restaurant. And she asked me to come over to, to, to help her. And I told her like, okay, I would love to come back, but not to, to do that work again, because it's not me. Um, so it took me four years to get back here and now I'm here back for a work trip. So that's really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And just to kind of give you guys a little context, Jason and I are, uh, personal friends, um, and we haven't seen each other for a while. Um, so with that being said, I kind of want to just dive right into it. Take me back to when you were really getting into acting. Like, let's start two years before you got that Dutch uh, role with pretty known Dutch actor, I would say. Um, wow, you've done your research. Uh, he's doing really well now, yeah. But he, we were both, we were all very young at that time. It was like a group of boys. Uh, I was 18. Uh, and it was, it was a feature film, uh, and it was an ensemble cast uh, of I think five boys or something and uh, I actually had a really small part in there and uh, but it was a it was a big film um, yeah I enrolled in the actors program and then the dance academy at the same time and then there was a waiting list for the actors program so to to audition even and 
for the dance academy, I was able to immediately audition. And then I got accepted. So I went to the dance academy. Uh, I did a performance maker program. I had ballet like five days a week. But um, so my acting actually had like a hiatus because I went to school for three years. And after that, uh, I worked as a dancer as well the first few years and still did acting on the side. But it, it, it took like uh, some time and still is to show them again that, yeah, actually I did acting before I went dancing. Um, and I'm doing a TV show so a TV show right now and it's broadcasting on Belgium and Netherlands. It's an episodic uh, show about human trafficking. And uh, there's a lot more coming up this season of mine. So that's what I find funny about film is that you do it. It, then nobody knows what you're doing and then when it comes out that's when you get to share it but set life is actually very secluded right so well yeah i mean i understand exactly what you mean because one of my uh quotes that i follow by is you know what you do in private you'll be rewarded in public every actor goes through a phase and you know having done it myself is you put in all the hard work but once you get that success no one really looks at what you were able to do, right? Instead of mostly what you have accomplished so far. So no one pays attention to all the struggles. So that's what I, I kind of want to kind of get into is like, what I'm trying to lean more towards is what do you find like you're struggling with during your time trying to find or land those roles, right? Because I know the acne industry is super, super saturated and tough. Mm-hmm. I think it's mostly I find is um, being asked for, for not an Asian part. Uh, it starts there for me. So being called for just, let's say, uh, the role is called Jaden. And he is this business guy in his 30s and he's super successful and he's running through this uh, daytime uh, business suits, but nightlife, uh, partying, drugs, and he goes into this trippy world and it's like a second dimension. Just, you know, like it, it has nothing to do with race or color or wherever you're from. It could be any guy. It could be, a, to my part, an Indian guy in New Delhi. And, you know, um, but just getting first, getting asked to to play those parts are rare and then getting castings in general are rare. So that means that the, the, the chances of me, like the, the actually the amount of castings I have per year, super minimal uh, for fiction. Like for commercial stuff, it's a lot more. I mean, I'm very commercial looking, but for fiction, it's it's it, it takes it takes um a writer and a director who has balls and also a production company who has balls to to put an Asian actor in this kind of parts. And even now, like the show I'm doing, Grenzlanders, it has one million views or, viewers in Belgium. It's like 50% of the market. It's like a lot for just a TV show in Belgium. Um, even there, my part is very supporting and the, we're supporting still the white people. And I find that very difficult when I still see the big Marvels and it's Captain Marvel and then the rest is like blue and green. And, you know, Asians and black people aren't blue or green where we have our skin color already. So you can see us the way we are and also having the balls, like I said, to place us there and support us now. Because we've been supporting you since my parents came in the country, right? So we chose to to work with you and be here with you and develop new realities with you. So you're talking about, you know, being an Asian and obviously it's it's super tough because we've been generalized in the movie stream that it's, you know, typical races that would get the roles. But how would you say coming into 2019, how open has, you know, not even Hollywood, but just the acting industry and the movie industry in general towards Asians. You can still count it on one hand, Jaden. Like you can still count some movies where Constance Wu is in. It's two. 
I haven't seen the first one, Crazy Rich Asians. I didn't care about it. I don't care much about black people like teaming up to make like a black movie either. I mean, the world is for me mixed. But uh, she's now uh, leading Hustlers with Jennifer Lopez producing it. I've seen it like the other day. Amazing. And um, what I'm trying to say is that you can still count in one hand how many movies they were able to lead. And, um, you know, that's the reality. Meryl Streep, I can't because she has played so many lead parts already. And continuing to what's uh you know totally off topic here but what what's your uh, favorite movie it's very stupid actually it's miss congeniality really <laughs> Do you know that sandra bullock's movie yeah yeah yeah. i know it's i know that movie. miss pageant thingy but i just of all the movies that's that's <laughs> i love her i think she has what i would uh want to have i don't think i have that natural southern charm i mean i didn't grow up in Mississippi or anything, but she has this just like, you know, she burps and she, she, she can show her coochie in a funny way. Like, you know, I think that's talent. That's, um, yeah, not everybody has that. Okay. So diving right back into it. So let's, um, you know, you got that success, you got that role, but, um, Mm -mm. did you, I think my biggest part I played, it was a big flop. Really? Yeah. The movie was over 1 million euros, like production wise. It's not too little. And the, the director had like only bad reviews and I was the lead. And I thought that would be like my big break. <laughs> and cause I went all naked in the movies. I'm like, you know, every real actor goes naked. No, like no, nobody saw that movie. Nobody saw shit. So um, I'm, I'm just trying to say is that I think, you know, you always gotta keep surprising yourself first, right? And, uh, and success is so selective. It's so subjective. Because what is success? I mean, for me, I, 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 I don't think I will ever be there successful. I think I will always be that loser who keeps failing. You know what I mean? Why do you say that? Because everybody's so f- focused. Like my sisters too, like they're, they're so different from me because like, they're suburbs girls. And I live in Amsterdam, like in the middle of the city. And they talk about, oh my God, this girl is so successful because she can stop now at this age and, and, and because she did some engineering stuff and now she moved to Surrey and so her kid can go. I'm so sorry. Yeah? This is, I'm not trying to like uh, hit on them with a, with a lumberjack or anything, but um, that, that you know, like her kid can now go to primary school in Surrey in Canada. Like, I mean, what is what is that kind of success? Like, maybe successful in their eyes, but to me, that's like you fucking moved to Surrey. Like, I don't want to live there. So, f- you know, for me, success is maybe happiness is success. And in in that sense, I th- I think you can blend way much more. Like right now, I'm doing a project on downtown Eastside, right where we uh, like a few blocks away from. Uh, it, the, the work is called Change, and and and, and uh, I'm, I'm questioning the question about the change they're asking for on the streets. Is that money, or is that something else they're asking for? They're asking for change, right? So even here, I can even believe that some of them can look like look into their life and they say they're successful. If they're happy. Because otherwise you wouldn't be fucking around this area for so long. You're saying they're not successful, but in their eyes or maybe their 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 social um, group, you know, there's a lot of things what you said there I want to kind of touch base on. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what do you define success as? Because everyone defines success differently. For me, it's just like having the financial freedom to give back to the world, to, to help, uh, you know, individuals that are struggling. To me, success is having that ability to just give money away, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, for me, if you can agree, is if you can't do anything with your money to help change the world or give back to the world, what's the point of money, 
I find it my job is I mean my job now lately is is be, has become uh, writing out a concept on paper and then seeing it becoming life and then seeing all these people work on it. That is for me success. Like just like starting from nothing. And I think that that the mesmerized me about the life we get to live in. Why I feel like um, you know like it's it's then I find life very special. And but that also means if like parents want kids. You know, like they 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 plan on it, and then they then they they make their kid grow and like give all that love, like which I see in my in my sisters. They chose that life, and then I see success too. So maybe success is what we want in our head and making it possible. That's success, and that's for you in your words, uh, giving love back to the world. I do that in my way with my work. You know, mm-hmm. I love that. It's just like you know, success. Do you find it within just having a white picket? Fans home mm-hmm. and having kids and a husband and you guys are working like you know I don't know six figure jobs like people define it differently and um, coming from a creative perspective uh, it's really really hard to kind of pinpoint what success is but I I kind of like where you're going because for me doing podcast success to me in in little uh, you know amounts is just putting words on paper and doing a podcast so or right so I like that. Um, you were saying that the film flopped, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't do super well and it was a leading role, correct? Yeah, it was a big part. There's two things I want to ask you from that. But the one thing that I want to ask is because it's super difficult for any actor to accept a role where they go fully nude, right? Yeah. And- but I mean, I was super young. It was 2013 uh, when we released it and maybe like 2011 when we filmed it. A long time ago in my head now. So I was young and, and in the beginning, you, you, you're just happy to get parts. I mean, it's now recently the past, I think, three years that I'm saying no. I'm saying now more no than yes. And then they also become like, "Ah," you know, because you're saying no all the time. But I mean, I I believe now it's so much more about just acting. And that's like when you were little, it used to be like, oh, I want to be an actor. I want to be on film. And now, no, I want to. It's long hours. And whatever you play, that's the reality you're having. So if you're playing a cleaner, bitch, you're cleaning a lot on set because you're playing a cleaner. That's what you do. So for me, it's also just, you know, and I love set life because it makes me, I don't have to produce. I don't have to worry about if the money goes in and out. I mean, I get to be on set and you're, you're a king. People bring coffee. It's, it's a good life, an actor. But um, the parts you play is the time you get to really experience. You know, like the, the moments between action and cut. It's very short every time, actually, unless you're playing a master, you're playing the whole scene then. But, but those moments are, you know, it's very much in, in, in construction of a family. The, the leading parts is the hardest work, the number one on the call sheet. And the supporting parts, it's very like, do you watch The Walking Dead? No, I don't. It's a, like an ensemble cast of like 30 people. Mm-hmm. But there's like a few leads, like five. And then the rest are just standing in the background and you're there for like four seasons before you get one line. That means you have to endure these four seasons before you get to be, you know, upgraded in the family. So some of these actors now in the 10th season are the main actor. But in the beginning, trust me, all these days in the hot burning sun, it's freaking Mississippi. I don't know where they're shooting, but it's hot and they're wearing leather because it's apocalypse. All this time they had to endure. That's what people forget that, you know, actors, oh, fabulous and shit. No, we go through shit. So I now get to become like after 10 years say, okay, I've done my work. I paid my dues. This is what, how much I want. And this is the parts I want to play. It's up to you if you want to give it to me or not, or, you know, giving us the opportunity to get to know each other. And that I find a new generation does 
have a more, much more like vibrant energy than the older generation. They they don't see colors. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. So they obviously gave you the script. I'm, I'm still talking about a feature film where you had to go fully new. They obviously yeah. gave you the script. You're looking at it, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, what was going through your mind? <laughs> like uh, for me, like as much as I want roles, especially when I was uh, kind of diving into the acting, uh, you know, scene myself. Yeah. I didn't want to go fully nude or I didn't want to kiss a girl or, or anything like that, right? And obviously I was being picky and that was probably my biggest downfall as an actor. I was being super picky without a name. But yeah. um, <laughs> you, you know, um, so how, what was going through your mind accepting that role? Because not everyone just jumps at the position. No, no, no. I want to go fully nude. Well, it's also because a friend of mine got offered the role um, and uh, he said no. And he's, he told the director, um, yeah, I know a guy. He'll probably do it. And I have a bit of that image. Like I'm that guy who would probably eat shit on set. Um, like like if it's the scene, you know, it's not mm. real shit. But I'm saying like, I, I, I'll go for it. So, um, and I sat down with the director or we called first and uh, with also with the producers. It's the whole thing, right? And and I, I was fucking excited. I mean, it was about this, you know, like Asians, they always think like Asian has a and um, no, 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 it's this because that's what the story's related to. Let's bleep that out, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's all it's it's hustling, bitches. But um, and that that you know, like this whole stigma about Asians and uh, you know, and and I actually think hurts more. Like, I mean, sorry, huh? So I all not don't always enjoy that. But I'm trying to say that. This storyline was about Asians, and then in this world, they get this disease called um, Koro, that they think that their dick um, like shrinks, and then it suddenly like disappears, and then they would die. It's like a it's 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 fiction based on an actual disease. It's a mental disease. So this guy plays his part, and it. I think the opening shot he was talking about, like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna start with a close-up of your dick," and I knew it's gonna be on a cinema. So that means my my dick is like <laughs> plastered on the cinema. You know, you, can you imagine that? Yeah. And that's the opening shot before they even get to see my face. So that means like, uh, you know, you gotta have balls. You gotta have balls. At least to some. Do, to do this part. But anyhow, it's very emotional and very funny at the same time because it's ridiculous. But the movie was just too weird, too, too art house. Like the audience didn't, at that time, the audience would get it. And now, like you see all the students now start making these kind of films, which he made then. So I find like it's, um, it's, it can become like a cult thing. But, but the movie is, yeah, I, even when I watch it, it's, it's like, mm, I find it difficult, you know? What do you mean by finding it difficult? Have you seen uh, uh, I Love You, like uh, Paris, I Love You or New York, I Love You? It's like a series. Um, Babo from Alejandro. Uh, oh, yeah, that uh, with Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's like, you know, movie. all these um, small stories and, and then they, they come together, right? But I think these stories maybe need to come together in the end for the audience. For for us, we, we knew because we had the scripts. But um, yeah, man, but baby, like... I'm just the actor. Like this director hasn't made a feature since. You know what I mean? It's way more painful for him than for me. So I shouldn't be barking. Like I am now in. I'm now in a. An, I'm in in a new phase. I'm now creating parts for me. I'm now um, producing a short. Just I'm starting with a short. Um, but I'm doing it very professionally. So you know, there's a, we're gonna take the whole time for research and we apply money for it. So it's. Um, 
yeah, and I want to create these parts for me to play that I never get to play. So it's, um, yeah, that's the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to take a huge right turn here. Something my audience doesn't know is that uh, my guest Jason here is actually gay. Um, right, yeah. and it has definitely hasn't stopped him ever since. But I really want to kind of dive into that topic a little bit more mm-hmm. because it's it's not a open topic. Not a lot of people talk about it. When did you know? Pretty young already. I think at the age of twelve, uh, primary school. I think it was like the last grade before you into high school. And then you have these like lunch breaks where you go home and you can just have dinner at home. And I live really close to school, so I'm like two minutes walk. And at that time, I don't know why, but I was already like searching for gay porn. It wasn't like uh, I, I didn't make a choice. It just naturally, I searched for it. And now it's like, uh, I'm now 31, 12, 31. How long is that? Like maybe 20 years. Now I'm watching straight porn. Like, so it's also becoming a choice. So it's, yeah, it's I'm going through, you know, phases. Did you, did your parents kind of know or you just decided I to open up to I think they knew, them? but I think they were always like um, denying it and uh, having the thought like uh, as long as you believe in the lie long enough, it becomes the truth. But I mean, if not everybody believes in the lie, then it will never become the truth. And we were a family of three. It's me and my parents, right? In, in the Netherlands. My sisters live here. So, yeah. So, um, so I think that it, it just also, you know, it's me and my dad, which I don't mind because I don't... Um, punish ignorance but I'm uh, but I understand like people don't want their kids used to not wanting the kids to be gay because it's a difficult life and uh, you know you're going to be looked at and you're going to be bullied in high school and how did you grow up kind of going through that you know like your parents never really asked you know some parents don't want their kids to be gay my father was like that every time there was a news message on the TV he would be like yeah it's right they should be fucking stones it's right what Iraqi is doing or uh, you know they should fucking go to hell or like yeah you get AIDS so did you get AIDS? No, jokes like that. I'm like, fuck you, man. Shut up. You're not my father. Your father, my father does not talk to me like that. I don't talk to you and say, look at you, man. You fucking chose this path and now you're in this Western country and you don't even fucking speak the language. Like, what's wrong with you? I don't talk to you like that. So don't talk to me like that. So that means it's always this friction in, in the household. I mean, at the age of 18, I went to live with you and your family, you know, like I just went to Canada. I was 18. Huh? I didn't even finish high school. I was like in the fifth. And I was like, bye. I just wanted to leave. I came here and wrote myself in the Vancouver the- Youth Theater. I did what I wanted to do. So, and you know, my sisters live in Surrey. So I was looking for a place and you guys had a room. So I, I rented there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's um, when there's no love being served at the table, don't sit there. And I won't. So that means even if you're my father and you're doing that, I won't. I won't tolerate you. And um, when there is love being served at the table, all right, I'll take a seat. That's simple with any sexuality, whatever that's new development now, development that which is now that I even have like, you know, it's new to me, queer, transsexuality is new to me too. Uh, I'm a gay man that's new to me. But I'm, uh, even for me, like, you know, give people their freedom. I mean, otherwise, how the fuck can they develop into whatever they want to be? You know, if you're always <clears throat> try to compress things, things will never be able to, to grow, right? Also with people. I have this mindset. It's more than just sexuality. So your father was saying all those things and hopefully he has a better relationship now has matured oh, itself. It's still difficult. Okay, it's still difficult. So, <laughs> so I, I know that a little bit because I'm not having all the best relationship with my father as well. But going back to it is, okay, so he's saying all these things to you um, at any point, if you wouldn't mind sharing, is did you ever doubt your own sexuality or you already knew who you were going to be? Uh, no, the answer is no. 
Because if that's all you know, and I wasn't the kind of, I mean, I, I kissed girls in high schools, like at parties and stuff. I didn't feel anything. So, I mean, it's not that I didn't give it a shot. In my world, in my world, even if I'm sharing it with, that, with my dad sometimes, in my world, I don't give a fuck. And I honestly don't give a fuck what you think either. So as long as you give me my freedom to be me and I give you already your freedom to be you, then there is no war, you know? It doesn't have to be a war. I love that. Because the thing is, what you're saying is not a lot of people think like that, right? Mm. Their mindset is not geared towards to, to think about in a sense where I don't give a fuck what you think about, right? We're in a world that's all about instant gratification and getting people's opinion. How did you develop that confidence to just go like, you know what? I'm, I'm fucking Jason. I don't care what you say to me. I don't care if you doubt my sexuality. Mm. I'm fucking who I am. I think my work, my work is, I think, in a sense, very autobiographical. I mean, it's, it's, it's always fiction. It's never me, <clears throat> but it comes from the way I see the world. So often the things that I run into, I then find a subject in the world that has the same uh, colors within that subject. And then I make my version of it. So like, let's say um, homosexuality was such a thing with me and my dad. I started to research this um, phenomenon that happens in uh, gay culture, uh, like men having sex on drugs only. So they don't have normal sex anymore, they just have sex on drugs. Like me, I love having sex on drugs because it prol prolongs the session. But anyhow, it's problematic within the gay culture because they use crystal meth and then they go on for five days and they don't eat, so they become zombies. So it's, it's a heavy subject and that's a new development in homosexuality, which is only something that's happening now. It didn't happen in 1900 because they weren't playing with Tina at that time. So I went through that research. I went to sex parties and I, um, you know, blah, 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 I looked at it. And I made this performance about it with two actors and me. I was one of them. And we were just wearing a jockstrap in a performance and we oiled ourselves up and we were like, and I invite him to come and watch. So that is my way of dealing with it. Like, I maybe would not try to make you understand or force it on you, which I find it here in Vancouverian very much about this queer emancipation. I feel like it's forced on me. Like, you're disrespectful for saying that I'm a boy. I'm not a boy. I'm a girl. But I used to be born a boy. But I'm a girl. Like, it's fucking, it's tiring me, you know? But uh, <laughs> I, 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 I try to share stories, uh, share parts of the world that we don't always come in contact with. And, 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 and often put that on a very mainstream platter. I mean, I make music. I make very mainstream music videos with a big wink. So when the kids, like my kids watch it, like for my sisters, they're like, ew, you're wearing a dress. Like, ew, you're wearing heels. And for me, it's like, baby, I, I would not wear that on a normal day. It's just for this moment, you know? And it's funny how people still get angry or surprised or confused or I don't know, sad and hurt, whatever. But people apparently take things very personal and... um yeah, and I don't know if that's always needed. What do you think? What do I think about what? About people. Like, do you think people give people enough freedom to be and to nourish and flourish into what they can become? Or do we always just want the system to run as we know it? 
It's a great question. It's a heavy question. It's the new hustler question, baby. Yeah. You know, I think the world has their their own agenda. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, let's start with the school system. Um, I, I never graduated school, right? I dropped out. And that was because at a very young age, I knew that, you know, investing my time to spending another three, four, five years either going to college, university, putting money in, maybe securing a, you know, a student loan and being in debt and never making money after five years of graduating was not the route for me. And also because I was never academically gifted, and I knew the school always had their own agenda. It was not so geared towards what I wanted, right? And that's what's missing in the world is customization or like really having that personal interaction with individuals. And the school system messed up in a big way. Uh, you know, um, no disrespect to, you know, schools at all, whether it's an Ivy League school or anything. It's just they are set up for failure, right? Because just learning everything on paper it's not going to translate to actually being successful. So where I'm going with this is the world is not geared towards making people, I mean, help them become successful and really own their own individuality. It's more so to kind of put them down, right? Just look at what's happened all over the world. And so- You know how I would put that, Jaden? We're, we're, we're people who likes to punish people. <laughs> we're in a system that we like to punish the other. I mean, the whole black emancipation now is because we decided to make other people's our slaves. And you know why that is, right? Tell me. Because we're hateful people. No, we're not. We are. We, we are selfish and hateful people. No, yes, they do we are. that because they're fucking lazy. Because they have a mate. And that black slave has never left. It has become a new color. Which you, What do you think about a waiter? Excuse me, waiter. Can I pay, please? That ha- is the new black slave. It's minimum wage, bitch. You're going to work for minimum wage and you're going to smile while doing it. Yeah, and you just proved my point. It's because we're hateful. Here's the thing. I'm, it's I'm not a- hateful. No. Because let we're me lazy. No, no, let me explain. Yes, lazy for sure. But let me explain what I mean by that. But we're hateful in a sense. Yeah, I'm a good person, but I'm also selfish. There are times where I, I would put hate towards people either because I'm frustrated or something's happened, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we as human beings, we always want to be you know happy and giving of the world and, and give back, right? That's yes. the goal. And if there's anything I can change in the world, it's to be more positive and be more forgiving and also to kind of you know give back to the world. Mm-hmm. If that's one thing I can change, but that's going to be a long process. So when I say hate is that if they love their job so much or they love their employees so much, they wouldn't be giving them minimum wage. They'll be giving more. But the thing is, they're super selfish. So that's why they get minimum wage. Or No, I think though, I don't think it was, I still don't think it was hateful. It's not the hateful eight. <laughs> Sorry. No it's a great intended. movie, by the way. I haven't seen it. Quentin Tarantino. Right. <laughs> I skip a few of his sometimes. <laughs> but... um. No, like they, they, you know, they put them to work. They put them to work. It's not hateful. They just put them to work because they didn't want to do that work. And that's still existing. I like, even in my position, I am the director. So I get to pick who I work with and I put you at work. But thank God we're now in this new generation that me and her or whoever I'm hiring is always equal. Like you can tell me that I, 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 that I'm wrong and I would listen, even if you're the cleaner and you're just cleaning my space. And like, hey, Jay, uh, don't, you know, like I have to listen. So I think that has, has shifted. That, that is what maybe what you're thinking hate that's becoming love now. I mean, I hope and I know actually that there's way more people like me 
that when that it's not the director looking at number one, which like the white person then like I'm your your master and you're my slave. It's not like that anymore. So even in like this, you know what was very famous is the Indian system, right? They have the pariah at the bottom, and they have really like a, a structured system for society. And it's for us, I think, the new generation to break down all these systems. It goes back to the casting the the colors, uh, being open to supporting each other. Like if if at that time there were just more white masters who said, "No, what you're doing is fucking wrong. You're not going to be my slave. You work with me." I uh, we 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 make things nourish together. We make this land grow together. We divide the profits. We divide the profits equally. That still doesn't happen. I mean, in my work, I try to pay myself for the days that I work. The days I don't work, I don't pay myself out. So it means whatever my budget is, that is that is. And I actually, I mean, the position of often working way many hours over that not being paid because I am the boss. But whoever works for me, I try to pay them. You know, I try to pay them proper. So it's so funny. Like I have, I hired this videographer now in Vancouver. I'm shooting a music video tomorrow on Friday. And I send the details like through and we're shooting at the location of my sister. So she got the mail as well. And she was like, wow, you're paying so like such a high hour rate. And I'm like, that's the starting rate at my company. That's what everybody gets. And even if like, if you're longer, we talk about it differently. So that's also about um, a system, an industry that is fair for men and women, you know, like the whole Me Too movement, everything. But it's also about the colors that we don't just see, you know, blacks and Asians running around like supporting parts. I completely agree. And I think um, I'm going to dial down what I say in terms of hate. I think more of the words I really wanted to kind of say is greedy, right? Right. Because people are greedy. Um, like right. you're saying. Selfish. Selfish. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. Um, Lazy. And you obviously come from a place of love, a place of joy and a place of just giving back. So obviously you're paying people more. And when you come to Vancouver, like your sister is saying, wow. That's a lot, right? Yeah. But that's that's typically normal, and because you want to v give value and really to the work, to the work, yeah. right? So I understand that. So what I'm really trying to say, if you remove all the greed, all the hate, all the selfishness, then the world would be a better place. We wouldn't treat people as black people, black woman, black man, or right. you know, white woman, Asian man. I come from that space too, from a business perspective. I'm a people over profits, right? I don't care if this person's been buying my service for for two years or they, it's a new customer. I treat them all the same with love and respect and mm. working with people, either they're the janitor, either they're just my assistant. I treat the janitor as, as I would treat my CFO or, you know, my COO, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, I come from a place of love. Um, but I think if we can just remove all that hatred and all that selfishness, then yeah, world would be a better place. But we're all special individuals. You know, we're selfish. We, we are selfish at times. Right. And whether big or small ways, but of course it comes back to, I mean, I, I even me, I mean, I, I was talking in the beginning of the conversation, talk so much about, you know, that I find it hard supporting on a set because you're, so there is already some selfishness. I want to be the lead, like, you know, like it's already in there, but I think it's about, um, it's just about communication. Like actual, when you're sp like sharing a space at that time together and everybody has their job and just make it easy for everybody. Like nobody likes to clean up the shit after you play around on set all day, but somebody still got to do it. So if, you know, if we're all just a bit more 420 and chill in that sense, without the 420 and chill, then I think it's just also a more, you know, then, then climbing all these, these steps, uh, wouldn't be so like extra painful because hmm. it's already a hard path, right? To, to grow in whatever you want. 
Yeah, of course. My hate, going back to hate. Yeah, you know, like if there was one thing I could change, like I was saying earlier, it's just to remove the hatred because the world would be a better place. And because something that you don't know is I suffer from depression for seven years, right? I've tried to kill myself. Yeah. Um, and I've had episodes on that, that, you know, if you had time, you can check it out. But yeah. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, I tried to kill myself numerous times. And How? Uh, I mean... I can dive right into no, it. Just a few for this examples. Um, I tried to hang myself uh, thinking my parents weren't home. I got caught in the act. Um, there were times where I tried to just submerge myself in water because, um, you know, I was being bullied so much. And uh, yeah, it's just... Anyway, so, had a, um, you had a hard uh, childhood, I remember. Hard childhood, right? I and, shared it with you, so I know. Yeah, so I had a pretty hard one. Um, and uh, I wanted to kind of open up about it because it's good to kind of like let it out there as opposed hey. to just holding it in. Right. But... One thing I know for sure in life, if you can agree there, Jason, is that mm -hmm. the struggle is always guaranteed. The success is uh, earned, right? Mm -hmm. It's a privilege. Mm -hmm. um, so what would you say in the last 10 years as an actor, what would be the biggest thing that you learned that has helped you be the person you are today? Understanding of me now that I have the power to be able to create these parts. So I'm most excited about the parts that, I'm, that I am developing right now for myself and and what's coming after that. Because um, I believe, Jaden, in life, you can only do whatever your brain allows you to do. So you can only become as successful as your brain allows it to happen. Mm. But it comes with a lot of your eyes seeing things and your ears hearing things and your heart feeling things. And then your brain starts to change, right? You know what I mean? Talk a little bit about that. What do you mean exactly by you can only do things that your brain allows so, you to? Uh, here, like now I'm 31, uh, maybe at the age of 21, I came out of the academy. I was young and I was hungry for everything. I just wanted to play parts. And I never thought of, wow, creating parts for myself. And now I am in a place where I can create parts for myself, but also knowing how I can bring these parts into this crowds where um, it's being seen where I can move forward. So um, I just, I, I wasn't able to think like that before. So because be, being able to think like that right now, I can do this now. So this, all these dreams can become reality. And for me, actually, I don't dream because I live my life. Whenever I dream, that means I am not, there's something wrong in my life. That means I'm dreaming about things that I want again. But I really don't dream. I, don't, I always sleep and I wake up with nothing like remembered. You know, like I'm often more like, oh my God, that's coming already. That's next. I'm like, okay, I need to focus on this now. I'm here now and that can, but the next is always there for me. I'm never, like you just said, like jokingly, like, oh, you keep yourself busy. No, like there's always what's next for me because that I find life so stunning because you, you can actually... Okay, from, the, from, from one to another. I'm doing this music video and this track is called Action. And it's my love to like actors, like, you know, my background. And I want to shoot a bit with like this clapper and, you know, looking, making it look like, um, like a movie set idea, blah, blah, blah. But, um, but we're the directors of our own film. We are. Our life is our film. That's wherever we get to see, those are the shots that you chose. I mean, you and me, you chose the studios and I'm like, this is our setting, but it could have been differently. We could have laid in jacuzzi and next time maybe and have champagne and uh, I don't know. And that would be the system, right? But no, we chose for this. So that means like whatever, you know, what's coming next, you can really direct it. That's sometimes really scary when it happens and it actually always happens. For everybody, just not always in the the maybe the 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 image you envisioned it. 
but you can see all the details in there. I think you can do that too with your life. If you look back into it, like the life you're living now, maybe it's not fully where you want it to be yet, but you're already doing things, micro things that you're like, wow, I wanted that when I was little, you know? What do you want now? Um, first, I, I just wrapped my shooting this morning, uh, uh, like eight in the morning. I was shooting for seven days at downtown Eastside. Uh, undercover with a cell phone in the hand, all these shots. Um, I'm changing into a video installation and uh, I'm trying to make people not like facial visible because you know, privacy and everything, but still show the, the images and the vibe of the atmosphere of the neighborhood. And I am opening a store with this um, images. It's gonna be on LED screens in the store and the store is called Change and I'm selling change in the store. And what that is, I would I like to keep it open for people to come and see it. And this store will move then from city to city throughout the world. And uh, my plan is to bring it back to Vancouver 2021 on Robson Street or Burrard, somewhere fancy and next to Louis Vuitton or something. And show this reality that you do have right in your city. You know, like for some in Yale Town, they would never pass by, like whatever. But that doesn't mean it's not there. We can probably talk for hours and hours for chilled, sure. It's very uh, but, uh, you know, we are running out of time here. Yeah. So before I ask my last question there, Jason, is right. how can people uh, stay connected with you? Where can they find you? Um, the best is to follow my Instagram. It's jasongwen.com. And because .com was not available, so I had to make it into com. And com is like reproduction, right? And my website is jasongwen.com. And uh, from there on, I have a YouTube channel, which has all the teasers and stuff. So it's not like a big channel with a lot of viewers, but you can follow my teasers for my next creations. And um, I'm on Grenzlanders. Uh, going to be in Netflix later this year. So you can see it's distributed as Floodland internationally. And... Um, my own new movie project is called uh, in, in, Inevitable. So it's about um, a straight a gay man becoming straight. So it's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, Actually, man. I have two questions now. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we're uh, 10 <laughs> we're minutes way here. Over. Yeah, yeah, we're 10 minutes here. But, um, you know, dating, you were saying yeah. earlier, like uh, that, that's great, uh, you know, great little synopsis for sure. I, you know, keeps me interested. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> fun fact off the camera, you told me that uh, yeah. you're doing a marketing gimmick yeah. uh, to 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 I tell know. people that you were bisexual. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of actually became reality I that know. you are bisexual. I know. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I don't know if I'm bisexual, but I'm definitely open to women now. So two years ago, I started with my music, like releasing it. And I had to write the press message and... Um, press release and then I wrote in like hey bisexual because I wanted to market on girls as well you know prince um, uh, queen you know it's like come on we love everybody right <laughs> you don't know what I can do in my bedroom but LA and now two years later and this in these two years because I don't know girls know it or you know people talk in the industry and they, and then girls come like and they start to tease me about it because like oh you see you're bisexual and I want to see if you're really bisexual so now I really come into like this animal play with girls and I kind of like it and I actually in the past I had like hard-ons from girls before so I didn't know it was from the weed or it was from the girl but I mean <laughs> I'm saying it's like you know there's possibility too and I think if if um if I can make myself make well let me do that again if I can make myself open to women then maybe all these straight guys can be open to men as well. You know, it's like starting with me first. And um, yeah, well, you never know. I might be, I might have a kid with a girl and just, we're going to move to Tuscany in Italy and 
you know, like grow wine or something. I don't know. It could be. It's not what I want now, yeah. but it could be. You know what I like about you? You're super open. There's there's yeah. no barriers with you and you talk your mind and I respect right. that a lot. You know, Thank you. When we were just starting the podcast, you're you already kind of getting into debate with, about your sisters, and because mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't go that far and talk about my family. My, my family lives their lives. It's, it's yeah. them, right? And I'd love them for whoever they are, but you know, and much because I am proud of their lives, yeah, because it's what they wanted, and they have success because they got it, yeah. I don't want that, you know? Yeah, not so, for you. No. Yeah, definitely not the- Not sorry. <laughs> yeah, not sorry or staying in one place for the last five or six years. So here's uh, my last question there, Five, Jason. six months, you mean? Or five, six months, yeah. Yeah. You all want to be always traveling, mobile as possible. Every right? six months. I'm traveling. That's I'm moving awesome. from the city. Yeah. Take me with you. <laughs> yeah. We should find a project together yeah, yeah, and do should. it. Yeah. So here's my last question. If today was your last day, mm. how would you want to be remembered? Oh my God. Um, how I, can you ask my family that question? No, I want to ask you. Me. Um, I think uh, an honest, blunt guy, a guy who is not afraid to change for the good, who isn't afraid to fight for it, and a guy who's always looking for new realities for him and at the same time then for the others. Surprise is a big factor for me. If I think, you know, even how bad the surprise is, the surprise is always exciting. That's life. If I know what I'm going to do, like, you know, I know what I want, but if if I know that I have to flip another burger tomorrow, oh my God, I will fucking kill myself. I'm sorry. I'm not looking down on anybody, but... I would do that then for six months and then, you know, make salad or something. You know what I mean? So I have to surprise myself. So, you know, maybe surprise. Surprise! <laughs> that's awesome. So that's it, guys. If you're not in a position right now where you're super motivated um, to go after who you are and just to really love who you are, and at the end of the day, just be in tune with who you are, then you got to listen to this podcast episode uh, again because it's a lot of powerful stuff. So with that being said, please do follow him. Check out his stuff. He was saying earlier his movie is going to be releasing uh, Netflix. When is that release? Somewhere this year on the Floodland. Yeah, so it's called Floodland somewhere this year. Check that out. Leave a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are. And until next time, guys, uh, come. Hey, did you just like what you just heard? If you did and found any value, small or big, then help support my podcast by giving it a five-star rating. That's five, not four, not three, but five stars. Also, if this meant something to you, let me know by just dropping a comment and I'll be sure to respond. Other than that, until next time, keep hustling. <laughs>